All right, here we are. We've got a little Mark in the Philippines. We got yep. Malvinas on a ministry trip in ministry Washington. And so, so here we are. And uh, the, Peter, the two people that aren't Steve. ministering. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Slackers. No, you're ministering in Idaho. I'm ministering in Ohio. Just not in as exotic right. of places. That's right. All. Seriously. Philippines? Come on. It is, uh, it is very, you know, I think of, uh, you know, if I lived on some islands, you know, you get a lot of weather, right? Yeah. Or none at all, you know, depending on where you're at. But it has been dumping rain up here for a couple of days now on top. Yeah. Of just you guys got to, you, you guys have a flood, huh? We do. Little, we do. A little uh, we, leak. Yeah, we've got some, got some water coming in, but we're going to, we got the guys are on it, working on it. But yeah, but. Yeah, we've got um, had a had a great weekend with Nancy and Shannon Schreier. Yes, uh, it was phenomenal. They're of course so amazing to be around. Anyways, but it was really fun. We had a great time. Yep. And um, how about you? What's happening in your world? Oh, we well, other, we, than, we're other than you don't have a kitchen. Yeah. With newsflash, public service announcement: Do not come to our house for dinner. We do not have a kitchen currently. So Megan's been cooking on a hot plate. And we've been washing dishes in the downstairs utility sink. We got a new two basin utility sink Cadillac model to prepare for this moment. But we, um, the cabinets we've been building are going in and um, they're looking great. Cadillac model. <laughs> yeah, Cadillac model utility sink. Um, they're looking great. And now I've got a wood countertop that um, I need to kind of fit just so and mark where the sink cutout needs to be and, and cut this, that out, you know, and then I need to go about finishing that wood so that it's ready to, to be a, a countertop. But so probably mm -hmm. by Christmas, I'm guessing we'll have like a, a functioning kitchen again, which will be great. So, so yeah, that's what's going on with us. And um, we are looking for a space for our school. Um, our school needs to move this summer, the Christian school where I'm principaling. So uh, we're looking for a space there. So that's a faith journey that's been good. Um, some great stuff is happening at the school. The students are growing lots and so, lots of really positive things, truthfully. Uh, happening there some really great things at, at church we've been having a group as you know um, in cleveland that's that's doing doing well as well as in columbus so it's been it's been a good season but busy man you know you know i've mm -hmm. been working working a lot and um megan's holding down the fort here without a kitchen so we're kind of pulled at both ends but like you said it's a season it's about finishing and yeah. when it'll be great when the kitchen's done and you know kind of have some of that momentum back of it's amazing. It's amazing how hard it is to do normal things when you don't have the structures in place anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking was, about that before, you know, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. We've had a really busy season. We had this Cornell tournament, yep. a couple of retreats uh, instantly into Shannon and Nancy coming. And so it was like just one thing after the other. It's just been boom, yeah. boom, boom all month uh, for four weeks of just mm -hmm. tons of travel, family in town, Thanksgiving, like just yeah. feels full, like the schedule's yeah. Yeah. full. And I was uh, reading, a, reading a little devotional this morning uh, around Christmas time. I always read a bunch of Christmas devotionals for inspiration, for yeah. you know, kind of where I think the Lord might want to take us for the uh, Christmas season. I already have an outline, but I always yeah. look for good stories and things yeah, that yeah. add into the messages. And um, the one I read this morning um, talked about, you know, how 
they had spent a ton of time decorating their house and they came in, they decorated everything and they had the garland up and the tree and every, every shelf had Christmas on it, right? Like something yeah. on it, you know, and every wall had something Christmas on it. Yeah. it was just, the house was full of Christmas. And he said, he said, isn't it interesting how full the house feels with Christmas, but it feels good. But if it was like this all the time, it would be cluttered and crowded. Mm. But we're willing because of the purpose. Yeah. We're willing to have a full house. Mm -hmm. Right. But mm -hmm. if it wasn't with a purpose, we would feel like, oh, it's super cluttered. There's tons of stuff here. It's wow. a very crowded yeah. house. That's and good. we were talking about our calendars, right? Like, yeah. you know, hey, at staffing mm. today, I brought this to staff. You know, it's like, hey, we've had a really busy season, but if we look at the, if we look at it from this perspective, that it's been full because there's been good, good God-directed movement. Yeah, right? it's not just we're just doing stuff willy-nilly. Yeah, so it's a full calendar. It doesn't mean that it's crowded. It doesn't mean yes, unnecessarily busy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So we definitely have those seasons and, and, um, we, you know, I think when, you know, you talk about, you got six months left or however long left in, in that location and you got to find a different yeah. one. And yeah. in seasons like that, the busyness of it could feel very crowded if it wasn't for a good purpose. Yeah. Right? The purpose. You know, so, so sometimes we got to step back in our busyness and assist. Yes. Wait, is this like, what's, is it just full because it's good and it's got yes. a reason or is it just crowded, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to tell the difference, you mm. know, in our busyness because we don't mm -hmm. like being busy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we want the downtown, you got no kitchen, you got no, <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you guys are, are running around. She's, I mean, poor Megan with a hot plate and how many kids? Oh my like, goodness. Come on now. Yeah. You know, how do you cook like, for seven like that? Yeah. It's insane. So, and yeah. yet, there's purpose, you know, so it makes it worthwhile, yep. makes it worthwhile for a season. Right? That's good. So, yes, exactly. But you can't live. Not every day is Christmas. Exactly. It's a season. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the joy set before me endured the cross. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> for the joy set before me endured the kitchen. Amen. Yes. Yeah, Amen. Good. Hey, Annalise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. Yeah. Annalise says, hey, guys. Hey, Annalise. She was in that meeting. Um, and, um, the other, the other thing, you know, you and I, you've, you work specifically in like this very innovative world, mm -hmm. you know, you've, you've definitely, um, worked tire tirelessly to help, um, do things out of the box. Yep. You know, and that's kind of, kind of a, a gift that's on your life is to see things, structure things, yes. notice things, and to bring things that um, other people would be, there's no way to do that. You go, ah, actually mm -hmm. there might be a way here. And yeah. so you've got a really unique mind as far as um, um, putting things together in a unique fashion that maybe have never been done before, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so we were, you were talking about, you know, some of the stuff with the house church and house yeah. churches and, 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 and this, this before, and we, we had a conversation around, you know, changing things, right. And yeah. trying to create change and, and move things around. And 
Uh, maybe you could share about the tinkering and, and some other things. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's be some weight on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting that, um, excuse me, I got a cough. It's interesting what you say, Chris, because my entire professional career, as you say, has sort of been in these innovative spaces. You know, our church does main church and house church, and that's not super groundbreaking, but it, it but it's different, you know, and, and the schools that I've worked for have all been a little bit cutting edge, a little bit different, pretty purposeful, like you said, and doing things differently, et cetera, thinking the thoughts that other people think, but then maybe actually doing them and all of that. And because of that, I've always been in this consultancy space too, you know, where, where people are asking, how are you doing that? What are you doing with that? That's interesting. You know, how do you reconcile this? How do you make that happen still in that environment, all that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've loved that life on, on one level, like on one level, like the level of it being effective and finding new ways and researching new ways to do things perhaps a little bit better and stuff has been really rich. And we've seen some great fruit from that, both in school and in church. But what's interesting about that is that I've also seen a lot of, I don't want to say too strong, but a lot of heartache in that, in all those organizations, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people get burned out, you know, things are unsustainable. They're not structured quite right. You build the plane as you fly it in innovative organizations and all of that. So I've seen sort of the good and the bad, if you could say, of, of, living that innovative lifestyle or being an innovative organization. And recently I heard a quote, it was actually on a fly fishing podcast that I heard it that was so helpful to me. And it's from a philosopher sort of botanist guy that died Hmm. like 70 years ago. I think his name is Aldo Leopold, pretty famous uh, writer, I believe. And he said, the first rule of intelligent tinkering is to keep all of the pieces And when he said that, it felt like he summarized 17 years of learning for me in my career. Because what I've seen is that it's like when you want to do innovation, the age-old temptation is to think that you can take what's been and you can take all of the pieces, parts of it apart, sort of deconstruct it. I know that's a loaded word right now, but I'm just using it for what it means in the English naturally sort of deconstruct all of the pieces, take them apart. And then you look at this bolt and you're like, what the heck is that thing for? That's not in my vision. Throw it out. Then you look at this gear and you're like, seems like a waste of space and weight. And we don't need all that. You throw it out. And you throw out the pieces that don't fit your vision because you know, you're brilliant, you're young, and you've got new ideas about how to do things. Yeah. But then what ends up happening is once you run your new, your, your new ingenious invention for a little while, you find out that pretty much everything that you threw out is still necessary. You know, so again, that, that rule for the first rule of intelligent tinkering is to keep all of the pieces. And so what I've been learning for the last many years that that quote summarizes is that you can rearrange the pieces. You could reprioritize the pieces. You could reemphasize even the purpose of how that engine functions but you really do got to keep all the pieces. And I think that what I've learned, for instance, in house churches, you know, for those that don't know, we do main church twice a month and we do house churches twice a month. And then on fifth Sundays, we do something fun with the whole church community. We've got some house churches in Columbus. We have one in Cleveland and the house churches in Columbus rotate who's in which house church. That's our basic structure. But what's interesting about that is that 
house churches still need teaching. So we have main service. You still need teaching. You still need corporate times altogether, you know, and you still need children's church and you need to do something with the kids. That's purposeful. How are you going to do that? You still, of course, need a board of directors. Even if you're doing, you know, house church, you still need a council of elders or, or some sort of spiritual governing, um, you know, support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. You still need qualifications for leaders. You still yep. need expectations for different things for services. Even if the service is a house church service, there needs to be expectations and of what you're trying to accomplish there and what success would look like. And so you still need a vision for the organization. You still need a space when you meet for main space, main church space. You know, so many of the pieces still exist. They're just maybe reoriented, etc. And I think that often what we're what we're struggling with when we are when we're trying to learn how to do something new that the Lord's laid on our heart is we struggle with this temptation, I think, to throw out necessary pieces and to presume, I think in hubris, if I can say it that strong, speaking, having lived this life for more than a decade, almost two, in hubris sometimes thinking that we can do it so much better than the previous generation and perhaps not realizing that even 10% positive innovation without screwing up a bunch of stuff would be wonderful. (laughs) You know, whereas I think that sometimes we think we can like, I could do it 200 times better, you know, and, uh, and we don't realize sometimes the casualties of of that type of thinking. So that's just a, I know I said a lot, but I'm really just trying to communicate this idea that in the area of change, you know, like you said, how do we manage change? I think one of the things is we have to be careful to keep the pieces and um, not throw out, not move the ancient landmark, so to speak. Like there's, there's still mm-hmm. something, there's still something to why all those pieces were there. And we should be very slow to just sort of wantonly remove them and start being like, what's this for? I don't get that. Throw it out. You know, mm-hmm. I think we need a little bit more deference and respect than that to, to history. The other, the other piece I think about is the <clears throat> understanding uh, pieces function too, you know, like, Mm-hmm. If you're going to tinker, you should probably understand what you're taking off when you're taking it off, right? You should yep. take enough time to to actually um, uh, assess assess the pieces. And you might be like, wow, uh, I don't like the way that piece sounds. So I need mm-hmm. some grease instead mm-hmm. of I'm going to throw it out because it yes. makes too much noise. And, yes. you know, and I, I, I think that gets into innovation more than mm-hmm. creation. You know, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people jump into ministry organizations all the time, and they want to create something new because they've got a vision. Yeah. They've never seen it done, um, and so you know, um, in their context, anyways. And so, yeah, you know, that's true. You, you just know. said something that's so true. Sometimes we presume it's never been done. It's like it's been done lots of places. You just haven't seen it done yet. Yep. 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 And. and you know, I think that there is a humility that is required uh, in order to innovate well, right? Yes. Like, like if, if, so we have a, one of our, we take our, our leadership values from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, when we, you know, so, um, uh, and, you know, they use an acronym called serve and uh, yeah. R in serve says reinvent continually. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is it's kind of a relentless um, pursuit of improvement. Yeah. Like, what can we do to make it better? It's not yeah. that we reinvent 
all the wheels, but sometimes we got to think really outside the box so that we can get that outcome that we're looking for in a different yes. manner. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that that's keeping the peace, right? Because to us, mm -hmm. whoever, whatever, like seriously, with your family, with work, with ministry, with whatever you're doing, there's some outcomes, some fruit that you want to have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's like for us, we need we want to make sure there's ministry, discipleship and encounters mm. happening at every gathering. Yeah. That, that we we have hands on mm -hmm. ministry. We're developing relationships that create mm -hmm. discipling and, mm -hmm. and instruction and righteousness. And then we also need to have just God encounters. Yeah. Right. So yeah. We, we've got to have those pieces. But in order to do that, um, sometimes we got to go, well, yeah, we there's a different mm. way to get that done. So let's but we're not throwing out the 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 thing that we're going after. We're just going to try maybe yes. try something else to get there. A different and route to get the, there. Yeah. And the challenge, of course, is implementing change and all of that. And, yes. I, you know, like in, our, in your family, you want to raise godly children. Uh, you want to have you want to raise awesome, God fearing human beings. Yeah. Um, you know, like you want to have a healthy marriage. You want to be yep. able to have Christ be the center of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes you need to take a different approach because something got stale and it's not working anymore. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, yeah, you do. You got to, you know, like, oh, man, what worked for my five-year-old for devotions doesn't work for her at 11. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why am I, why, why, you know, so I kind of do have to continually look at improving and, and, and mm. reinvent and say, hey, let's try this. Hey, why yes. don't you lead it today? You know, yes. she's getting to the age where she reads the word, she understands, and oh, hey, why don't you lead us in something? Yes. Right. And giving her opportunities to step in. Well, that's reinventing what we're doing. Yes. Right? And it, it is innovation, it is creating yes. change around that. Now, I can't say, like, hey, Quinn, for the next six weeks, you're going to give us a five point sermon for the devotion. That's going to, you know, produce mm -hmm. a radical God encounter whenever you open your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't do that. Now, yeah. will she be capable of that at 16? Probably. Mm -hmm. Right? She's probably going to mm -hmm. be capable of that. And yet we have to do it in stages. We have to do it incrementally. Yes. We have change to change constantly... in stages. Yeah. And so so change that is hard for all of us has to happen in tiers or stages yep. and, and this this ability to to understand what's appropriate for today mm -hmm. means that we are assessing we yep. are looking diligently and carefully and we're listening to the holy spirit mm -hmm. right about what it is that he's wanting to do in that process because sometimes he's going to stretch my faith to trust something to somebody else that's way that could do it way better but i don't know it Right. Yeah. I haven't seen it. So if I'm just the one assessing it, I'm like, oh, they're not ready. Mm -hmm. But yet God's like, no, they've been ready. Like, let them mm -hmm. run. You know, I'm like, ah, yeah, OK. You know, mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. You were talking before about the idea of, of tears of change or change and, um, you know, the process of change. And mm -hmm. um, how have you as a leader learned to to. I want to use two different words, both lead, if I can ask you a question, both lead and also like manage change. Like, I feel like those are almost two different sure. modes of change. You know, how have you learned both to lead and manage change? Um, by leading, you cast a vision of the fruit. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm. You just have to, this is what we're going after. Mm -hmm. Now, um, as far as like managing change, that's collaboration, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if I just say, this is where we're going and this is how we're going to do it, then there's yep. going to be minimal, minimal buy-in. Mm -hmm. yep. There's going to be a lot of gaps because I don't see everything. There's yep. also going to be a lot of hurt feelings, yep. right? You're going to, we're going to deal with a lot if I don't like make it a collaboration on, hey, this is where I think we need to go. What do you think? Uh -huh. How do we do that? I'm free to share my thoughts, but everyone else is free to share their thoughts as well. So yep. those things I think are, are really critical. So managing change is really understanding how do you create collaboration? And with that, you can you can say, well, no matter what, this has to be a part of it. And then we work yeah. around that, right? And sometimes yes. that's the leadership piece of, I know you don't like that part, but it's really critical that it's there because I took that out once. Yes, <laughs> And exactly. tried to get it to work, you know, and yes. it didn't, didn't work, you know, like yeah. that, that, I know you we don't want to be part We won't of end that. in the right spot. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a really big fan of teamwork, right? Like not thinking that I understand everything or have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the questions that are asked, right, mm -hmm. are ones that I do have answers for, but mm -hmm. they're not directional. They're not, they're just clarifying, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, just learning how to engage and, and be able to do that. So uh, Quinn says, can't wait to hear Quinn Leon's sermon. Come on. Yep. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Love you, Kim. That's fine. Thanks for being on. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's really good how you said that, Chris. The that that casting vision is leading change and collaborating mm -hmm. is managing change. I think you're really right. And it's funny, change that doesn't involve people, I mean it's 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 not gonna go very far. You know. Yeah. And um, you know, you were using this analogy of 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 the roads. Like how mm -hmm. how do you differentiate like destination versus process or like product. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like I'm hearing in what you're saying, like there's something about change that, that, you know, like the Chick-fil-A value system where it's saying it's not, it's not reinventing what we're going for necessarily. They still got the same chicken sandwich. They still there serve the same lemonade, but they serve it faster and more friendly than anyone else in the world. Uh-huh. So how do you, right. how do you, like, what's the language that you have about like the difference between those? It seems like on one hand, they're holding something very steady. And on the other mm -hmm. hand, they're willing to change a lot. Yeah. Um, so like when we, we have to think about three different, and, and I'll just use the same analogy. You have to think about three different vantage points. Okay. that you're looking at something. Um, the first vantage point is like from the airplane up at 30,000 feet and you look down and you can see the, the 500 acre farms is a little square, uh -huh. right? You know, like, like you can see big picture and that's your mission, vision, core values, culture. Those mm -hmm. are the things that, that is the map that you're playing on, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we're here to reveal the love and power of God. We're here to heal, equip mm -hmm. and transform people. Uh, we've got our value system that we operate under, that we promote, and, and all of that is to create a culture, right? All of mm -hmm. it is to say, this is how we do life together, regardless of what's happening. We're, we're committed to these values. And, and you use great 
a great word of benchmarks. These are benchmarks mm -hmm. because that's yep. really about culture, yep. right? Like, can we, can we assess the culture? And that's the benchmarks that you're talking mm -hmm. about. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the 30,000 feet. And then when we come down a little further, we can start seeing roads, see roads, yep. buildings. Um, mm -hmm. You can say, oh, that's over there. We could get over there. Um, and then you've got the street address, right? Uh -huh. and, and that's where you want to land, right? That's where you want to end up is there. And so for us, differentiating this big picture, which is the culture yep. from what do we want to have happen on the ground every day? So yes. in the context of ministry, we need people to have ministry, yeah. have, be ministered to. They need to have encounters with the Lord. They need to be uh, mentored, discipled in personal relationship. Yep. Okay. So, so, and there's a lot of other things. I'll just use those three, right? But those yep. are like big, big things that everything that we do has to land at that address. Yep. Yep. So if we're doing it, doing some big things, but it doesn't land at ministry, discipleship, encounters, or in some way promoting that, getting there, you know, in some mm -hmm. way, then, you know, that brings us, of course, the street address is the physical location of that 30,000 feet, mm -hmm. right? It's this, yes, this is the big picture, but it has to land at the, uh, on the ground. Right? Yes. It has to be on the, not just an idea, but we have to do it, right? These are the actionables yes. on the yes. ground. So that's what we look at there. And then how do we get there is the roads, buildings, map, you know, all the big, bigger map, you know, um, there's some landmarks that we're not moving, Yeah. right? Like things that I know that, that that's just not going to shift uh, for what we do. And yep. so we use the landmarks to kind of either launch from or to circle around to, or um, there are things that, that we will say, well, maybe there's another way for us to get to that street address through small groups than what we've done before. Mm -hmm. maybe there's a different way that we can, we can navigate from, um, from say the Sunday morning gathering to mm -hmm. get to the personal encounter with Jesus. Yep. Yep. Maybe they, maybe, maybe we need to foster uh, some one-on-one -on -one disciple and training, you know, or maybe we do small yep. group leadership gatherings. So like, there's all these different things. So that's, that's, good. that's the area that I think is where the most change should happen. Once you've established vision and mission and, and it's kind of what you want your culture to be, how do you get to the street address is really yep. the place where you spend the most time tinkering, shall yes. we say, you know, yep. and, and if there's something systemic around, well, this whole system isn't working. We need to go back up and go, okay, yeah. what do we see? Yeah. What do we, cause we yeah. have to come back up to the, the bigger picture and then say, okay, then maybe there's a whole nother way for us to financially work this out. Maybe there's another way yes. for serve teams to work this out, you know? So yes. um, that's, that's where good. the tinkering happens, I should say. Yes, that's good. Yeah, I, I was talking earlier that I've been almost haunted in a good way uh, by the scripture, you know, cause I've been in these innovative organizations, the scripture that says, don't associate yeah. with a man given to change. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say haunted in a good way, I'm like, I like to allow scriptures to mess with me, you know, like, Amen. like, because I, I, it, most of the biggest mistakes I feel like I've made are where God was speaking something, but it was outside my grid enough that I couldn't get it. And then you like <laughs> three, three years later, you're like, oh, yeah. that. 
Uh, and I understand what you're trying to get at there, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah. so when a scripture kind of messes with me or makes me ask tough questions about myself, yeah. actually, I tried, I tried my best I can to enjoy that and say, let that mess with me. And yeah. I feel like what the Lord showed me about that is don't associate with a man given to change. It's mm-hmm. not saying don't associate. It's not saying that change is bad. It's just saying that right. we should be given to God, not given to change. Yeah. When yeah. we're given to God, he does give us new ideas. He does cause us to innovate and come up with solutions mm-hmm. and be, mm-hmm. you know, a solutionary for certain things and all of that. Mm-hmm. But we're not given to change. We're given mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. And I feel like there's yeah. this there's this spot in innovation where really it's according to the heavenly blueprint where God's showing us something and we're saying, okay, now we can start to move on that. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that there's something significant too, like you're saying, Chris, about the idea of there's some core values. Those aren't changing. It's still the same yeah. chicken sandwich. Yeah. It's still the gospel. It's still lives yeah. impacted by the gospel. Yeah. It's still healthy families. It's still communities yeah. that are being informed, impacted mm-hmm. by lives that are being impacted by the gospel. Yeah. You know, and the, these are these are things that don't need to be moved around. Correct. They don't need to be reinvented. There doesn't need to be a new goalpost. It's still seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, yeah. and and yeah. go into all the world, make disciples of the nations. You know, and yeah. and yet within that, it seems like there's so many realms of innovation and tinkering that can be done to really meet the needs of the people that God sets in front of us. Well, and I think that um, once one of the beautiful things about the word of God is he makes his will plain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, his will is not confusing. It's Mm -hmm. not, um, it's not uh, particularly complex. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so understanding the will of God should allow us the freedom to innovate. Right. Because if we can understand what the simplicity of the will of God is, we're not going to move goalposts that don't need to be moved. Yes. We don't get away from the gospel. Yeah. I don't care what part of your life we're talking about. You don't get away from the gospel. You don't get away from his presence being the empowering force for the decisions that you make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so, uh, you know, there's a lot Should we should be able to tinker with a ton of, uh, creativity, fun mm-hmm. joy yeah right yeah uh we shouldn't tinker out of fear that something's yep. going to fall apart we, exactly. you know yep. so so because the 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 fundamentals of his will don't yes. change have yes. never changed and yep. therefore therefore there's a, such a solid ground to stand on to yes. okay well we can change some things because we're not moving the priority the of what yeah. God wants to do in my family, in my marriage, in my yeah. singlehood, right? In yeah. wherever you're at in your world, like God's will is plain for our life. Ooh, this is a good word. This is There's something about what you're saying right now. God's will is plain. Because one of the things that I was saying is that the Lord's been making it really clear to me in education, there are benchmarks and there mm-hmm. are resources and there are lesson plans. So a resource mm-hmm. would be like a textbook. A benchmark would be... Um, learning to multiply within the base 10 system with numbers 20 sure. and smaller. Okay. And then a lesson plan would be using maybe parts of the textbook and maybe some other activities in order to teach kids about multiplication for 45 minutes. And when we as teachers confuse lesson plans with resources, we get in trouble. So everybody's mm-hmm. had a teacher where the lesson plan every day was to do a new section of the textbook. They turned the resource into the lesson plan. That's no fun. 
Mm. Conversely, when people turn the resources into the standard, like in other words, where they're like, hey, you know, what, what do we learn in math? Whatever the textbook says. It's like, well, I don't know, like if that's actually the standard. And so there's these three things and they need to be different things in our life. And it's the same in ministry. I really believe is that, mm. you know, there's great books. There's, these are resources, you know, if a culture of honor is, is a book that is a resource for the mm-hmm. body of Christ, you know, um, supernatural ways of royalty by Chris Vaughn is a book. That's a resource for the body of Christ, yeah. you know, yeah. um, old, old messages from, um, or old books from Spurgeon or something like that book. That's yeah. a resource for the body of Christ. A.W. Tozer. Yes, exactly. Utmost for my highest yeah. or something like that. You know, like, yeah. like yeah. these are resources for the body of Christ. They are not the standard. And I think we've all met yeah. people in the body of Christ that have turned that one resource, that one book has become like the book for them. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. like it is a thing. Slavery not the thing. Right. Yeah. Like, Everything is that. Well, yes, yes, now it is everything. I mean, when I wrote a book, the Lord told me, he said, this is a thing, not the thing. Like the thing you just wrote is just a thing in the broad cosmos of resources that will support right. the body of Christ. It is not yeah, the thing. that's great. Yeah. And, and, but we keep the thing, the thing, which is the gospel, which is the word that's of God. Right. And, yeah. and now what we can do is the resources have their proper fitting. And I think mm-hmm. that even having this conversation with you, Chris, because I've been on this quote, you know, the first rule of intelligent tinkering is to keep all the pieces. But you're helping me realize that when we're talking about tinkering and keeping all of the pieces, the pieces that we're saying to not ditch are the fundamental things. Like mm-hmm. the, they, are, they are the benchmarky things. They are the, the things that are immutable, the things that generation after generation, mm-hmm. right? We keep those. And then so, within that, we can take different pathways. Yeah. The first century church didn't have a board of directors. Yeah. Okay. The first, like the, the, the uh, third century church that was under tremendous, the second and third century church that was primarily led by women was uh, under tremendous, tremendous persecution all across the entire world. And they weren't, they, they were making decisions about finances. They're making decisions about that stuff and yet it looked nothing like churches that we have today Mm -hmm. except the gospel Mm -hmm. except fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer and the apostles fellowship and you know like there are that it was it was the word of god that informed everybody about the essentials and so you know when we're tinkering we're going to have mm. different contexts. This is the conversation about old wine versus new wine. Yes. Wine skins, right? Like yeah. we talk about the wine skin as if we have to throw out all the old wine and now we need a whole new wine skin. And the only thing that's going to work is we throw out all of the pieces. We're not even mm-hmm. going to tinker with it. We throw out all the pieces. And then guess what we end up with? A new wine skin that's added all the old pieces to it. Exactly. And we took, we, see we spent our entire life trying to reinvent something that already mostly that already, existed. And what, what, what it really needed was a reconditioned wine skin. Come on. You know, that could hold yes. new wine. Wow. Wow. Boy, there's, there's something on that. It, you know, um, yeah, that that is fascinating because it used to be, you know, even just pairs of shoes and stuff like that. You'd buy pairs of shoes that a cobbler could rework and they could resole them and stuff like that. They could recondition mm-hmm. them, you know. 
we don't live in that sort of a culture right now. Most things are kind of throwaway sorts of things, yeah. not reconditioned, yeah. not worthy yeah. of being reconditioned or you know, there's no place to recondition them. But yeah, I think that, you know, I know that, I know that we're kind of around this idea of change. You know, if I can summarize, we were talking about managing change. We're talking about leading change. Mm-hmm. We're talking about not being given to change, but instead being given to God. Mm-hmm. We're talking about intelligent tinkering that keeps the pieces and we're also talking about kind of like what's what are the tiers of things what are the types of things that we change you know there's process versus the actual final product etc and i think that this is all really important stuff because like we're always in a state of change and i think that and interestingly even at the start of the call the start of our live time today you're saying like it's it's the purpose that causes the busyness to have you know, to, to really have meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a great example, even of like where we get confused on these different tiers, where we think that the only thing that's going on is just the stuff that we're doing and we forget why it is that we're doing it. So one of the things I guess that I would encourage, um, is, is really asking the Lord to help us differentiate in the places where we're changing something or working on something. What is it that we're changing? And maybe what is it that we're not changing? You know, uh, what is it that he's called us to change? Maybe what is it that he's also called us to keep exactly the same and immovable? Um, mm-hmm. And and I also think that, go ahead. Ellie says, this is such a huge conversation for what's happening right now. Great thoughts, guys. Um, can I just speak on that for a second, Peter? Please. Um, so we've talked a lot about, um, you know, like this era that we're in a decade, right? The decade mm-hmm. of the mouth, um, decade of declaration, decade of, of well, that's why we had a battle over the mouth and covering the mouth for a few years. And, you know, in some places they're still enforcing mask mandates, which is wild mm-hmm. to me, but they're, they're doing it. Um, so there's, there is this, there is this reality that the, we just, we're exiting one season of the era mm-hmm. And we're entering into a new season. So the entire body of Christ is in a transitional period, prophetically. Mm-hmm. We're in a transition. Okay. Yep. Now, now Nancy put it that we're it's like we're having the pains of like we're about to give birth, like in transition, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. type of thing. She mentioned that Sunday morning. But I th- I think that part of the process that we're in right now is that we're where God is is giving us counsel instruction he's giving us wisdom and Mm -hmm. understanding on how to transition to be able to sustain revival this is Mm -hmm. not this is not about creating a bigger church it's not about um growing our ministries or or you know the noses and the nickels right the classic thing that you hear most churches or most ministries even right like mm-hmm. if i get another fundraising email from one of these prophetic ministers that bags on the churches i'm like ah you know like mm-hmm. it's just like it's getting starting to grate on me a little bit just for the simple fact that they're saying throw out the old system but i want your money so mm-hmm. just just yep. one of those things um so you know one of the things that that as we're in transition it is to be able to fulfill the will of God in the next season. It mm-hmm. is not. It is not about um, all the things that we think it might be about. That's exactly it. You know, so because we don't see what's around the corner. No, nope. clearly, we can nope. see that. Oh, there's signs that mm-hmm. 
Things might get hard in the next season. Mm-hmm. Things might be difficult for the church. Things mm-hmm. might, but yet God is preparing for revival. Yep. So we if we don't if we don't grasp this properly, which he says this is a huge conversation for what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're I think what we're trying to do is give language to help people transition yeah, exactly their it. life, transition their life through making some changes through tinkering, but yep. don't throw out the, the will of God. Don't throw yes, out that that's word it, that's that it. he gave you. Don't throw out the mission yep. of your life or of yes. your family because of of circumstance or because you notice something doesn't work, it doesn't mean that it won't work in five years. It might. Yeah. Yeah. Don't throw everything out the window. Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It does. It does feel like we're having this conversation for a reason. And I think that, like you said, it's almost like we're putting, it might feel a little esoteric. Perhaps I hope it doesn't feel too much that way, but I, I feel like I've been living in this sort of thing for some years. I know you have too, Chris, and leading mm-hmm. change is really essential. And and we need to understand what it is that we're leading, how it is that we're leading it, what the parts yep. of it are. You know, so I feel like what we've done today is I feel like we've we've been like a mechanic that's giving a tour of an engine, saying mm-hmm. here are the pieces mm-hmm. of an engine and pointing some things out. And I feel like we're giving a little bit of a tour of the mechanisms of change. And we're just yeah. pointing some things out and saying, hey, this is a little, this part's a little different than this part like this. And you want to emphasize this and all of this leads to that, you know, so hopefully this has been helpful. Um, but I think, I think that the, this is also part of the wisdom conversation that mm-hmm. we're having more broadly, that in this season in the body of Christ, we, is the Lord's really leading us into places of greater wisdom and we need to be able to navigate even change with wisdom. You know, there's a mm-hmm. way that seems right to a man, but in the, but in its end is death. And it'd be such a shame to give such an effort to change in our lives or in our, our ministries or in our careers or something like that. And to think we're doing the will of God. And in some ways we were, but in other ways we like missed 30% of what existed before, which kind of rendered everything we did sort of feckless. And it yeah. would be so disappointing on the back end of that to be like, Oh, if I had just received instruction, um, if I just received some instruction in how to think about this and, you know, I can just say, you know, that intelligent tinkering quote, I'm like, I feel like it summarized Mm -hmm. 17 years of learning for me. Yeah. 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 I've spent a lot of time thinking that I, I knew better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to clarify that, um, the one piece about the money, because I think that God is raising up prophets and ministers that need financial support. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they shouldn't. I think that if people are feeling led to give, give. My frustration comes when they're they're tinkering and they're throwing out all the pieces and they think that money's going to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Kim says, I thought I can't screw this up. <laughs> <She's laughing. laughs> you know, it's fun. You know, it's fun is that, um, and this is a conversation about grace, right? Mm-hmm. As well, because when we, the one thing that Peter and I have both done, we were talking about earlier, man, we've thrown out a bunch of pieces over mm-hmm. the years and mm-hmm. thought that we had the, we had the insight, the wisdom and the hubris to fix the yeah. problem. And I've got all the wisdom and I could do it. And, we'll, we'll, you know, mm-hmm. and then the more we're experienced, we go we're like, oh, I need to add that back in. Wow. Oh, yeah, yes, exactly. I need, to, need to do that now. And uh, I, I hate committees. I guess we need a committee. 
for that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I made fun like of that. committees five years I ago. I know. I mocked them. Mocked them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will never have committees. I guess uh, I need a group well, For that, it would be kind of helpful to have a committee. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's grace, right? Grace. Mm-hmm. Gra- well, it's more like mercy, right? Like God's being mm-hmm. merciful to us and, and allowing us. But what he does do is he allows us to, when we do get it wrong, when we do make a mistake, failure is not fatal. It mm-hmm. doesn't end anything. It doesn't move anything in a way that, that uh, prevents him from moving. Uh, he just teaches us along the way. And his good yeah. sons were teachable. And as yep. we stay teachable, you know, he's going to show us where we got it wrong and how we maybe threw out something. And guess what? He's gracious enough to just put one right back in our hands and say, here you go, son. Yeah, I know you need this now. Right. Yep. So. So, yes, you can't mess it up because it, it will come back around. He is merciful and gracious toward us, even if we get it wrong. And failure is not fatal. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yep. Amen. Good. Well, let's wrap up our time. Peter, why don't you, why don't you, um, do you have anything prophetically to hand out today? Maybe mm. it's, maybe it's somebody who's not even on, who's going to listen later. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I just, um, I pray that the Lord would show some folks how to unlock the door that's, uh, Ooh. between, um, mm. between where they're at and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that we would understand the mechanism that stands between mm. us and sort of our future. And I pray specifically that it's not, I feel like for whoever that might speak to, it's not hidden, um, but it's not, it's, you have to look at it a little bit closely. Mm. And I love in the book of Nehemiah, he's making these sweeping changes and the walls getting rebuilt. And then, there's problems in like Nehemiah chapter five. And he said, I, I mm-hmm. thought diligently on this. Like, I think the phrasing is something like I, I pondered in my heart and I considered. And what I realized is that these people were exacting interest from their brethren and that was causing the problem, you know? And he's like, now I knew what to do. And so I feel like for whoever feels like they're at a little bit of an impasse or they're a little bit at a block that, mm-hmm. that they would be able to, to sit and and sort of tinker with their eyes so to speak and and look at the thing with the lord and that god would show you what's the path forward what buttons you need to push what's the mechanism that needs moved so that you can uh allow that door to open up and you can step into your next Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really good really good um anything yeah i I feel like um, some of us have been, uh, we're spinning plates that aren't ours to mm-hmm. spin, right? I just see those spinning plates on top of the sticks, you know, where we're like, mm-hmm. going, oh, you know, yeah. and then we go run, spin the next one, spin the next one, spin the next one. And, yeah. um, you know, there's grace for those falling and there's mercy, you know, for yeah. that. Um, and um, one of the, one of the realities is that, um, God's interested in your longevity, not mm-hmm. your short-term wow performance. Yeah. He's not interested in, in how many plates you could spend today, uh, but really he wants to teach us how to how to live with him long-term. Um, Amen. And so sometimes that does require dropping some plates. Uh, yep. Sometimes it does require that, that 
there's seasons where he's like, mm-hmm. actually, I need you to spin all those plates for a season because I'm going to teach you how to do this for uh, a long time. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, when the season comes where he says drop the plate, we have to learn how to drop the plate. And so yep. there's freedom in that um, because mm-hmm. if he's asking you to, he already saw it happening. He already knew it was coming. The Lord yep. is not surprised. But if the Lord is prompting someone to, you know, um, pull back or or move sideways or or do whatever, do mm-hmm. that obviously with some counsel, do it with some wisdom, but allow yourself the freedom mm. to listen to the Holy Spirit, even if it feels uncomfortable for you because there's there is a great fruit at the end what's the what's the end goal mm. right and um sometimes we're spinning plates that actually need to need to be set aside um yeah. it might not it may be a plate you spin later but you know yes. um we don't understand that's the timing good. of it you know so that was the thought for somebody um good. and not for not for everybody right i yeah. think yeah. i think there's some of us that we're we're in the uh, uh we look around and the calendar's full but it mm-hmm. all has purpose, mm-hmm. right? It, it's all fulfilling that 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 mm-hmm. uh, bigger picture that God has for us. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's good. Okay. Well, Father, thank all you right. for the time. Mm-hmm. We bless everyone on the call today. Ask God that your presence would manifest in their life powerfully, mm-hmm. that they would encounter you in the scriptures. They would encounter your voice in their life that they would know your personal empowering presence at every turn and God, that they would be building up the body of Christ wherever they're at, that they would be encouragers and lovers of all that is good in you. And we praise you for them in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Okay, everybody, we bless you. We will be back again next week as usual, because we like you and we want to be here for this. And uh, again, if this has been beneficial, bookmark it in Facebook, YouTube, save it, put it on your playlist, share it out with somebody, have some fun with it, and uh, uh, we will chat with everybody soon. I got an amen from Annalie. Awesome. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya.